I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian and writer Dane Baptiste, and my producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello! A.k.a. H. Daddy, and a mix of very special guests, pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from... you. Were in, so you were in uh, Prague this weekend. Oh, yeah, I went right? to Prague, yeah, yeah. Uh, how was that? It's good, yeah. What's the sentiment like towards uh, the British in uh, the Eastern <laughs> European bloc? Are you referring to something on Instagram that someone put up of me next to... A- a piece of graffiti which I must apologise to our guest that right. incredibly rude sentence which said uh, fuck all Brits uh, and then cunt uh, at the bottom of it and that was the um, thing we stood by and had our picture taken <laughs> as British tourists okay. I guess that answers that question <laughs> so, as like, which is which is the theme of which is the theme of this podcast every question any question every question which doesn't necessarily have to end they don't necessarily end that way no but. no but it was a good question thanks very much I just, I just wanted to check um, so <laughs> I didn't do that graffiti it's Point. I realised when he posted on Instagram, this could look like we did the graffiti. That wasn't in my line of questioning, Howard. So that's <laughs> cast some doubt on that anecdote. I, I realised my mum might have seen that now, which is slightly worrying. Uh, your mother knows all the things. She does. Good point. I feel like this is an ageist thing, I feel like, that we try and spare our parents to profane and what it's we know about the It's just the C carnal. word. I don't mind the F word, but I don't want to say the C word. I don't do any of them with my mum. My, with my family, like the, we'll wash your mouth out with soap and water, but that's literal. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, God. I, I think I've let an S-bomb drop like three times. And even then, it wasn't like in her direction. She sure. might have been like poorly under my breath, being like, I'm so sick of this shit. What was that? Nothing. Yeah. I'm going out. <laughs> <laughs> but suffice to say, say, we ask all the questions. All the questions, irrespective of how uh, all could they maybe um, if you enjoy hearing us ask questions and you are currently enjoying the show please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes we would love to hear from you or get in touch with myself or Howard via our social media on today's show our guest is an English TV presenter and actress she is very well known for her morning talk show which was broadcast on ITV and Channel 5 for over a decade over a decade a decade <laughs> what did you do this is before <laughs> modems and everything some people were talking and having conversations guys but they let me continue with the plaudits because you need to hear about these guys. After hosting these shows for over a decade, she went on to host her own US version of the show and consult on numerous American TV programs and even acted in the legendary comedy film Shaun of the Dead. She was also a mental health activist and her career is an inspirational story of hard work. It is the unmistakable Trisha Goddard. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Do you want a job as a publicist? I would. I would. Oh, I, I think so how I would you do this? I could great do, job. I, I do the piece of <laughs> But I have to say, we had 40 odd people on this show now. Right. But every time I say, oh, who's they? They are you recording tonight? I, like, Trisha. The people love you, Trisha. Honestly. They do. They really people, do. The British people. I mean, as far as I'm aware, I'd say. Yeah. I'd say people ask me, what are you up to? Oh, they've the, the got a new it's, episode it's, coming it's out. Great. Yeah. It's, it's even a point where, like, it's almost like your name is now like a colloquial term where if someone's like not answering a question, someone will be like, Trisha! <laughs> Trisha! Oh and that's what happens. Gosh, People are, well, that's someone's scary. cracked the case. I'm sure, I'm sure they've, uh, they have been. First of all, how are you? I'm Goddard? fine, thank you. Thank nice you so much to for meet coming. you. Did we explain how we met? This is a remarkable story. Yes, it's a very remarkable story. Um, I think, yeah, I was just, one day, was just surprised and massively flattered that you'd liked a few of my videos and, and mm-hmm. a few comedy clips. And... Uh, wanted to take the initiative I decided to get in touch uh, with Miss Goddard and obviously remind her of the level of steam that we all have uh, as creatives in the which UK which is fantastic and, yeah, uh, yeah was, uh, I was watching your, your videos on, on Instagram and I, I love them and I always you. I make a point now of reaching out to I hate that sort of American term but we don't have an equivalent here in England but reaching out to young people who are up and coming and either mentoring them or just saying yeah I love what yeah. you do and what have you because I really think that's important it's Ooh. i mean it's it's, it's it always i guess one of the uh biggest part of i guess the uh i guess product matrix of most creatives is that 
some of us become so obsessed with our own fame or our profile mm. that we forget a part of it is how you inspire other people and stuff as well. Oh, no, that's always yeah. been a... I've always and been I, a no, teacher. No, I've seen yeah, that. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very good industrial aptitude that you're paying attention to trends, who's coming up in the game. Yeah. You know, I was, it was a weird thing. I remember just to film Carlito's Way. Because mm. I remember when uh, Sasso was saying to um, Carlito, he's telling him about Benny, Blanc- Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Mm. And he's like, oh, I don't care, fuck that guy. And he's like, no, that guy's you. That guy was you 15 years yeah. ago. He's like, yeah, that's yeah, nothing yeah. like me. So, yeah, yeah it's good. It's, it's a very flat. I didn't ever think of you guys in this terms of Carlito's way. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen that film. <laughs> no, I haven't. But, <laughs> but it's, it's a good film. It's the power it's good, of social Pacino. media. No, oh, yeah, the, the power of social media. It's one of the pluses. Yeah, yeah. Every, we always hear about the negatives, but I actually think the pluses far outweigh mm. the negatives. Yeah, and I think it, sometimes I think it's good. I mean, obviously, you have a lot more visibility on social media. And in, in terms of, like, uh, your discourse with people on social media it's, it's a lot easier because there's no intermediaries or gatekeepers no. which like I said can be a bad thing but can be a good thing because maybe if I had to go through normal gatekeepers and channels it'd be much harder to get in touch with yeah, you exactly and, it would be impossible yeah it'd be impossible. it would be impossible and also I think as well it's that like it's this whole thing I speak of especially from being as a, as a, ba- a BAME creative like yourself I think it's very hard sometimes for you even to gauge um, your perception from the diaspora and from your peers and from because yeah. I like I like seeing it firsthand. Yeah, seeing it firsthand. I it's not, it's it not firsthand. Doctor staff. Yeah. It, it can't and and also, you see, it, you see it as a a member of the audience because yes. if you yeah. said to somebody, "Hey, I'm interested. Come and you know pitch to me or do a, a set for me," mm. you are going to see. You're not going to see them in their natural. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Way. So I like I can drop in on people and mm. have a look. Mm. And I and I think I mean like I said, like you said, there are good and bad parts to social media, but you know it's holding humanity up to a mirror of itself. Yeah. So how you use it. Good, yes, it's how you use it. So I feel. Well, you like, guys have used it very well to make this episode. Yeah, and you're not sure. always here. You're in, you're, you live in America, you're saying. I live in the USA. Yes. So you're not always here. So we got lucky that we've actually managed to make it all happen. And... Yes, but I saw Dane when we first uh, connected. I was right. still in the states, right. but I usually know when I'm coming to the UK. So I will fill my time when I come to the UK Lovely. in either catching up or mentoring or seeing work. Um, and I'm I'm. I'm really proud. Some people I've mentored for like two years now and mm. to see where they've gone. I'm a bit like a mum, you know, I see on oh, Instagram what they're great. doing. I'm like, oh. And it's so, probably time for a question. Exactly. As now, the format dictates. As the format dictates, uh, as I'm sure, as our esteemed guest, we invite you, Miss Goddard, to ask the first question. question. Uh, then Howard will ask a question. And mm. I'll ask a question. It's all mm. very simple. And I feel like it's probably maybe one of the best delivered questions ever because now this is your forte so, <laughs> so the floor is yours what is the worst place you've ever visited and why how did how it make small can it be how it could be can small it... or large okay but why and how did it make you feel well, i want to know about the feelings that this place invoked Mm. And, and, and is it some way that you've gone there for a recreational thing? Anything. Because I think that's Work, an interesting... recreation, But I anything. reckon that's an interesting element of, of, of sometimes when you're visiting a place. Because if you go in with expectations of, of, of like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm gonna and it's not. have a time here and it's terrible. I was saying that's why holidays are so weird. Yeah, it could be, it could be anything. Or, Any. But where, where I've been or where I've visited? Where you visited or yeah okay. yeah where you just thought is there something that has inspired this thought in your this is oh. this isn't the worst place you've ever been <laughs> no 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 we're no, in notting no, hill no, this no, is lovely listen i've been to places where if i'd had the money i would have the aircraft doors open i would have said to the you know the the, 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 the pilot take everything let's just get out of here yeah let's just go yeah. Two, um, two shoots and this is yeah yeah, yeah. I, I often talk to my wife uh, when we were on holiday, we went to Cyprus recently. Right. Lovely. Like, right. Perfect. Oh, so good. Like November, it's 28. Like, that's yeah. That's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and every time we go on holiday now, we reminisce about our first holiday, which was in, uh, I was trying to woo her, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, where did you take her? I mean, even saying <laughs> woo. That was, yeah. That, that was Butlin, a very bad, very bad opening gambit. Hang on. Hang <laughs> on. I was working with a very lovely guy at the time called Nathan, and he was trying to teach me because I was a bit, you know, green about romance and he said uh, listen you need to take her away for a weekend and I was All like okay right. I mean I wasn't on a lot of money but I had enough money to take her to Bruges which is oh. a nice place yeah right? and I love Bruges and think it's beautiful yeah maybe partly because yeah, of the yeah, film yeah, yeah. beautiful place uh, amazing just amazing city yeah. however because of my limited resources oh. the hotel 
that we stayed in is referenced on every holiday we ever go in. <laughs> because we'll get in and we'll go, yeah, but it's not the Hotel to Pudja, is it? Because the Hotel to Pudja, I'm sorry, for it, nobody will ever yeah. look this place up, I think. But when you walk into a hotel room... I'm, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you walk into a hotel room, right, and right. it's like you can smell nothing but the damp. Ah. Ah. That's it's over, right? It's over, and that was the high point. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was horrible. Like the beds were wonky. The bathroom was kind of like there was no view. The window, and then the breakfast. And I was on. I had a broken leg at the time. I broke my leg two weeks before I went. Oh. I, had, I had to hobble around on my crutches. She still married me, Trisha. So, and we are still very much in love. I mean, that's, you so. did really, really put her like <laughs> over that the was barrel. A test. That, that was, was a really, test. yeah, that was a real tough that test. That was a test. Well, and she's and as Dane would know. You know, I think if you describe yeah. my wife, she's a class. She's a class. classy. Cl- that, that classy was a lady test. In, well, in and out, but that's a strong test. Yeah, yeah. and she's still around. Honestly, wow. that, I can still picture the hotel breakfast. I, I, I don't know what bacon what that came. It wasn't bacon. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was all. Yeah. But, the, but we had a really, you know, happy time in Bruges. But I just think when you say to me, "Have I ever gone?" <laughs> I never wanted to be. That's the funny version. There's probably. Less- I can imagine you walking into that room. <laughs> I mean, on my crutches, heart, on my crutches, and your heart going. Uh, she's going to leave me <laughs> because yeah, she's because leave. she's a five star woman. She's you would have walked into woman. that room and thought, "I'm not getting anything tonight." <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I wouldn't even bring it up. It was very early in the relationship, especially, especially considering he's you're already on crutches. Mm. So exactly, the level of dependency yeah. was way out. Yeah, it was it was a choppy time, but we made it. How many days? We were there for three nights. <sighs> Yeah. And you didn't get bubonic plague? No, I didn't get plague, but, but generally, literally, every time I go on holiday with her now, we just go hotel to put you. Like, we stayed in an amazing place in Cyprus, dream place. And it's just funny to reminisce about that time. So that's a funny... That's your, I, yeah. I can definitely remember slightly more depressing scenarios of me going, <laughs> as, of going as, to as places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm not sure how much I want to go down those roads, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, but, but, was Bruges a nice place other than the... Yeah, oh, Bruges is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, um, I, checking out. I think the worst place I've been has been at a desk at work. <laughs> Which I'm not sure is exactly the answer to the question. No, but that's for, good. For me, but good. for me, yeah, I think if I, if I was to reflect on like the time where I'm probably at my most low would be just... I used to work at um, Trader Media Group, which is uh, Auto Trader mm. oh, in Wimbledon. And, um, what were you doing? Just I, was sitting work, in a- I was working in sales. I was working in ad sales and media sales or ad sales. And I'd gotten an agency job. And I think I did three or four gigs. Uh, so I just started kind of, kind of dipping my elbow into comedy. I'd done three or four gigs and hadn't really known where I was going or how I was going to get there. So I'd put comedy on the back burner and obviously wasn't paying as well. And I was like, I'm going to try and apply myself to having a career instead of like flitting between yeah. sales jobs and hmm. so I started working as an agency exec which means I'm like liaison with like advertising agencies and media buyers and planners right and uh but that yeah. sounds good why was it so I mean it, it was uh it sounds good you do the client dinners and all this other stuff but like it was just people I worked with the place I worked it and I'd say this without even trying to be bitter Easily the worst professional experience of my entire life. Mm. Easily, easily. You genuinely hated it. Like, I would. I yeah. used to grind my teeth on a Sunday <laughs> at the prospect of going to work on a Monday. Did you feel sick walking in the place? Every time, every time. I like is the level of stress of going to that place, and then I think I started seeing somebody at that workplace, and she was quite jealous about like me talking to other women or interacting with women while I was working. And could she see you while you were working? Well, yeah, but I'm not hiding anything. But yeah. or, or she wouldn't even see me talking to women. But or I'd have to talk to somebody at work because yeah, we're yeah, working together. Yeah, yeah. Or I had to talk to like ask someone a question. Ex- or well, executives as well because I'm talking to agencies and the whole thing is you have to schmooze clients. Yeah. By taking oh, a yeah, yeah, like yeah. But it was like she, oh, you're doing this, and it was just be like, do you not see how I hate, much I hate my life? I don't understand like. <laughs> If I could wake up tomorrow and not be here, I wouldn't be here. Like mm. I went, we went on a team building day. Oh God, team to building the, day. to Thorpe Park, I think it was, <laughs> and I got conjunctivitis <laughs> from the water. From the water. Oh no, I shouldn't laugh. No, you should laugh because it was. Did you get some sick? I bet you were happy. And to I had get... a client. I had a client dinner after that, and we went oh. to, so I'm I'm literally sitting in the restaurant and my eyes is leaking. Wow. <gasps> and uh, yeah, it was. Easily, the, uh, my manager was. Uh, she was, in, I think, in the second series of The Apprentice, mm. right. and a finalist. 
And, and when you uh, sat and watched, did it all come back? No, no. I, I mean, this was before she worked at Auto Trader. Oh, so she oh, was, right, she right. was there first, and then was like a runner-up. Yeah. And then she uh, started working at Auto Trader, and you know, by and you know, if you watch a Apprentice contestant, she can understand why they could never run the company. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. she was a sales manager. And yeah. One of, one yeah, of her, yeah. But quote, there's a difference. For many quotes she made, one of her quotes was, "Do people even read adverts anyway?" And I'm like. It's okay even if you believe that. But would you tell that to a, to your work te- your workforce? Say nobody really yeah, needs adverts. No one cares about adverts anyway. And, and that, like, it'd be quotes like stuff like this. Like, she'd be like, oh, I don't know what... Like, if I hit my target, she'd be like, I don't know why you're so cocky. Like, most sales are luck anyway. And I'm like, okay. Even if that is true, you are giving me a disciplinary under the basis that I need to have a certain amount of clients that are 50% prospects, mm. 75% prospects, and 90% prospects. If you are saying that sales are just luck, then the 90% and the 75% don't need to be here mm. yeah. because those probabilities are over a chance. So 90% is way beyond luck. Yeah. That's a- the workplace being a terrible place to be is obviously extra awful because you are, you know... There is you like, rely on it. You, you rely on it and, you, and you've also got yeah. that time frame that you have to be... Clock in and clock out in certain places. I mean, yeah. Almost every yeah. work. And the hours like must drag by. I mean, my advice to anybody is, if you can't take it anymore, say so. Because mm. no one is prepared to hear that. But also, also, it will completely destroy who you are. Every minute you stay there. Mm. The, the day I said, fuck this, I quit, I felt it come off my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. of course. And you, there's no feeling like that. Do you, have you ever I, done anything like that, Trisha? Or? Um... Do you, do you no, workplace you hate? No, well, not really, because I've, I guess, I've, I've had a weird career. I mean, I started off in, in a, in a, as a cost, junior costumier, and then I was in a band because I played keyboards, and nice. then I, um, I do a lot of things on whim. Then we came yeah. back from Germany, and I read an article about hovercraft, which had just started. I thought I might like to work on those, so I went and worked on the hovercraft. I used my languages, love kissing, and uh, yeah, I just and just things things that came along. And then I saw so you a brochure were never stuck with women. In office. I don't do office. Oh, I wow. saw women in veils, and I thought, oh, golf, and that was golf fair. So I went out to the Middle East. I didn't even know where Bahrain was in 1980. <laughs> I was look. I was we were flying into land, and this tells you how stupid I was. I decided to wear combat trousers and it was the middle Ooh. of the Gulf War. Interesting volunteer Don't I look good? And I was looking at where Bahrain was. I loved that for five years, but the moment I hated it, I had to go. Yeah. And from yeah. that I well, I did something stupid. I married somebody. But I ended up in Australia. I've I've kinda but You never had to sit in an office nine to you know, you know do any of that then? No, no, because the the only sort of real, like, I worked at the BBC Canteen for a while when I was back one summer holidays Mm -hmm. from the band. And uh, this is funny. Okay, so there was a canteen and they were all lovely ladies. They were all salt of the earth. Now, Mm. I, through winning, getting through the 11 plus, Mm -hmm. I went to one of Britain's poshest girls' schools. My parents had no money, but I was the Mm. bursary kid there. They worked... Two jobs each for yeah. me to be there on a on a bursary. Secondhand uniforms lot, but it was the making of me. My sisters yeah. didn't go there and we had different lives. So anyway, so I in those days, I was frightfully, frightfully. So my boyfriend's <laughs> mum ran BBC Catering. So when we came back from the band, she said, oh, you, you can have a job there in the kitchens. So there's me. Hello, everybody. And everyone's like... Here, do you read in the sun? They said aliens are landed. Yeah. And they have, you know, and they believe everything <laughs> yeah. in the sun. And, of course, I'd be saying, oh, actually, that would be an impossibility. And they'd go, what you know that? Anyway. So you, so, you, you, had, you had a, a different uh, accent. Oh, I was frightfully a, posh. I mean, really? you know, I was frightfully. Well, I went to a very posh school. I was one of the first, if not the first black yeah. child. I started in 1969, my high school, wow, you'd say. Okay, right. So anyway, um, so they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, like this. So, almost definitely the first, that's like a year after Martin Luther King was, ex- you almost yeah, definitely yeah, the first Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I was put on a pedestal. My headmistress used to say, you don't have to go out and play at playtime. She used to ask me to uh, research a subject and then sit down and discuss it. I mean, they decided I was going to go as yeah, far. Mm. Anyway, so there's me at the BBC, at the BBC, uh, uh, you know, say, and they said, "Look, the woman who was the chief 
what was he? Chef cook yeah. was going on holiday. Chef. Uh, he wasn't a chef. <laughs> Canteen <laughs> supervisor. It's, it's now the what's that posh hotel at um, just down from Oxford Circus? The um, oh, yeah. beginning with L. The the, oh. the really big. Opposite BBC yeah, House, no, that exactly hotel. I've been there. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. Opposite, opposite where Lanthorn, radio Lanthorn is. Or like yeah, that, yeah, Lanth- yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. I don't, I that, don't that's where the BBC club, that's oh, where we were. Okay. So, anyway, they said she was going on holiday. Jean, her name was. And so, Olive, my boyfriend's mum, said, and she was very poor. She said, Who wants to take over from Jean? Oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, I said, how much? <laughs> I was just scared. And they said, I said, all right, I'll take it. What you talking about? So at my post school, <laughs> we'd had to do domestic science. Right. And contrary to belief, we had to do everything on a budget. I mean, they'd go and pick out the potato peels. And if you your potato peels were too thick and you were wasting too much potato, you'd, you'd be failed for that. Wow. So they were really strict. So I completely redid the menu. I did the shepherd's pie. I I said, no, I did a deal with the guy. I ordered in gravy powder instead of just water. Wow. I did. I ordered all, I got, went down to Billingsgate. I got all this cheap fish because, you know, and then I, they said, we're not touching that. So I was, I'll never forget. It was the middle of summer and I was scaling all oh, of these fish man. because I was going to show them. I was the youngest by far wow. and I was a posh bird. Did all this fish and people were coming to the kitchen and said, Oh my god, is Jean on holiday? And they yeah. say, Don't worry, she'll be back soon, love. Food will be back to normal. No, I was hoping she'd never come back. Yeah. <laughs> I introduced salads and you this is wow. like nineteen seventy four. I was doing all these lovely salads because I'd been to Germany with the band yeah, and everything. Yeah, so I was creating and and I slashed the budget, so we were doing it for less. Well, the BBC always love that. Oh, oh, God, they do. But they loved the food, and the numbers went out. Anyway, so Jean came back, and I'll never forget, they said to Jean, while you've been away, we've had a bit of a change now. We've, they got me to write it all down. So <laughs> we've, we've got Trisha, Patricia to write down. What, so she looked at it, and she said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, all right, all right. And I, so I'm standing there like this, and they went, she said, all right. And she looked at me, and she just went... <laughs> <laughs> Ripped it up Man, what? <laughs> And all the other women went Yeah, go on, Jane Show us, boss And we went back to the same old rubbish yeah. Oh, man and, and, and The budget the went up, the food went down and, and, and they said to me They said, it's nothing personal But you've got to learn your station in life Yeah, oh, this is man. true I was told yeah. the same when I went to When first I working in This is all a trader plus every office Just people overhearing me speaking And Every single time I heard someone go, did you go to university? And I'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, yeah, but don't forget, I'm still your boss. Yeah, exactly. And I never had the conversation with them. I never referred to my education. <laughs> but when you have to work in an office, in the service industry especially, wow. people, if, especially if you're a black person and you even seem more educated than people, hmm. then because we say that like race and class, the class divides more than race in the UK. I would say it's a combination it's of, a combination of placism. Of mm. yeah, so there's a social chauvinism whereby it's like, you may be posh and stuff, but don't, you're not better than me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Whereas most of the time in the UK, where class is concerned, the working class will be happy to concede to someone if they sound more educated. Yes, but exactly. When you're a black person, you're supposed to be predisposed to be working class. So that's what they'll be like, don't forget your station. Don't yeah. you, I'm your boss. Don't you forget mm. that. It's like, yeah. I don't care about this degree or this job. This place could sit on fire and I wouldn't even blink on the way out. Yeah. So It's all but, that jump. It's all that jumped up thing. It, it's funny because I remember the first time our school went on, we went on a school cruise and we took a flight mm. to uh, Venice. And I'd never, I only knew my Black, my family, who were my sisters had, my house sisters had a different, had a white dad, so they were lighter than my kids are now. And my mum was slightly lighter than me. That was it. That was the knowledge. We were in Virginia Water in Surrey. That was it. Diversity was our family. So I had my gloves on and my hat and everything. We were going on the school cruise and I never had any issue about my colour in my school. So we go up to the desk and I look up the check-in desk and there's this beautifully groomed black girl in her uniform and I remember I looked up and I went <gasps> and she looked up at the same time she went <gasps> like this <laughs> and she said um just put your suitcase down here and I said oh okay yeah and she went, 
We were both. It was the first time we'd I'd ever seen another person of colour oh. who spoke like me, who looked like me, who you know, yeah. and that we were. And same for her. Yeah, can identify. It's, I mean, it's a big difference. <laughs> it's like it's like even. I say to people, you, you don't realise how much it does for a black child to see another one on a billboard. It makes it very, oh, yeah. makes oh, a yeah. very, very big difference. Or a magazine. But, yeah. but that was that that office was the worst. And then and like yeah, it was just a. I was going to ask what, what your worst place was, oh, Trisha. I mean, a bit, a bit. the worst place has got to be. I was looking into buying a a, a property for in, in investment for you know for um, pension and what have you. Right. And a friend said. <laughs> said listen I t- oh you've got to come to Marbella you've got to go that's the place to buy somewhere yeah. now so I said oh, okay they had a villa there so even at the airport I was like right the doors opened and you know when you know you mm. know and we hear everyone going it's like Fishwife Central. <laughs> and people were grabbing my hair oh my and saying, yeah, sign that, give us a autograph. I was, I kid you not, I'd be with my kids who would have been about, I don't know, five and nine or ten then. Right. And people go, hey, you're off the deli. Do you want to buy some Coke? I don't even go outside. The- I was like, Whoa! This is the airport. This, this is the airport. airport. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was wow. said, and she said, oh, no, that, that's nicer when you get to Porto Bonus. <laughs> and honestly, you go to, oh, it's so nice. You go to the cafes along Porto Bonus and it's like every soapy star in the world there, every pap there, oh, every, it was. This is no good. It, it was, and people like my daughter, my younger daughter had Afro hair, and the, the highlight was when we went to a market, and she screamed, and some guy had said, "Yeah, feel this," and we had his hand in her hair, and at that point, I completely lost it. And of course, the story in the press was what a nasty, yeah. angry bitch I was. Oh, you know, so that whole whole and the weather was horrible, and we couldn't go anywhere without somebody. You know, I was reading stuff rubbish about everything. It was the yeah. ugh. Ugh. wow. And this was a while. This is a- this is a while ago, yeah. and I ended up buying a place in Cannes, in the south of France. I think you're either a Spain person or a France person. Right. You think you're. A- France. I am definitely <laughs> from say all day. From yeah. say all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. Very three different work, hotel, whole place. What a question! Yeah, that's an epic go. question. One of one one of the one of the best ones we've had for a long time. I'd say. Yeah, agreed. Thank you. Very very. Kind of like seems on the surface simple, but there's depth to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. went there's from work there. to lost love and mm. yeah. professional angst and yeah. my, origin stories. <laughs> my question is based on some of the research I've done about you, uh, Trisha. Uh-uh. Yeah, when uh, you've kind of already mentioned this a little bit, which is at one point you were uh, an air, air hostess, cabin crew, cabin yeah, crew, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. trolley dolly, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. term you Changes want to use. Every, every century, uh, and I find that fascinating. Yeah, right, because of one thing. I can't fucking stand being in the air. I have no desire (laughs) to want to be thousands of feet in the bloody air. Like, that is an unappealing thing. And actually, I've just, like Dane said, I've just been to Prague, and I had to get a flight there, and I went on my own to meet my friends who were working out there. And um, the way there was okay. The way back, the plane's shaking about. (sighs) Anyway, my question to you is this. Did you ever fear for your life? Were you ever oh. scared up there? Or talk to me about the fear well, of flying. Well, I was flying. in a crash landing. Oh, oh. my God. Oh. Really? Yeah. This isn't going to help me at all. <laughs> 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 I was looking for reassurance. <laughs> oh, well. ah, but I'm still here. You Here's still your here. reassurance. Okay, Any me- landing you can walk away from, Howard, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, talk me yeah, through yeah. it. Talk me through it. <laughs> How long did you do it for? You did it a while. Five years. I loved it. I loved it. Because yeah, I could happy. travel. It was in the Middle East. They look happy, the, the people working on planes. Well, also, that was in the days when there was a lot of money in the Middle East. Um, earned a hell of a salary, tax-free. Wow. We stayed in five-star hotels. I did some of the royal flights when they would just, we would 
they'd clear out a floor in the Dorchester. You know, Ooh. I mean, that was those were the days. So anyway, this particular flight, we were flying to, uh, I shouldn't laugh, I wasn't at the time, we flew to Bombay. We'd mm-hmm. stayed overnight in Bombay and mm-hmm. we were coming out of... Um, Bombay, or it's Mumbai now, but in those days it was Bombay. So I was in the first class galley cooking breakfast. We weren't meant to cook it until after takeoff, but we never bothered about that. I only had one or two passengers. So I cooked the breakfast like this. And by cooking, I, do you mean put it in the little... You put, you slot it in, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of pre-prepared, but yeah, you yeah. have to cook it. So I always used to say to the engineer, uh, we good to go? He said, yes, I'm just, I, I won't do the accent. Back in the days, we used to do the accent. But I won't. I'll only do the accent with one word because that one word will stay in my mind forever. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> one word. So anyway, he said, yep, everything's good to go. I'm just you know, going to see the cat. I said, fine, cook the breakfast. So we take off and we'd be like, you know, we've been out the night before, strap in. So what are you doing? You know, you talk to each other on the jump seat. And then we hear the undercarriage come up. You know, you, you used to hear it in your sleep, literally. We yep. went, Ooh. It's not, it kept trying to come up. And we went, oh, hello. So uh, the captain said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm terribly sorry. We seem to have a problem with the undercarriage. Um, we are going to fly back to Mumbai. I was like, rats, I've already cooked the breakfast. So we go around, we just do a normal landing uh, on the ground again. We're like, oh, it's so like this break. And then the engineer comes on and we said, I said, is it okay this time? He said, yes, yes, just a minor problem. Um, yeah, I said, fine, cook the breakfast again. The eggs are starting to go slightly green. So fine. So we sit in the jump seat. Here we go again. Take off like this. We can hear the undercarriage can't, you know, come right, up again. Again, so we land again, wow. and the same thing happens again. So this guy, and I'm going to use the only time I'm going to do an Indian accent. Yeah. I said, I've cooked this flipping breakfast twice. Can you? Are you sure we're okay now? And he said. And I'll hear this phrase the rest of my life. <laughs> Don't worry, everything is tickety boo. <laughs> I want you to remember. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Remember that. <laughs> you need to remember those yeah. words. Yeah. Wow. Every, thumbs up. Everything is tickety-boo. Well, that's a very Fine. specific English, English idiom. Yeah, tickety boo. Tickety boo, he said. Right, so I cooked the breakfast the third time. By this time, it's looking like yeah, yuck. Like like, like, yeah. like economy breakfast. It's like like economy. <laughs> so we, yeah. It's looking like a sub economy breakfast. Economy. Yeah. like this, and we're like, oh my god. Then Sunny, bang. And you think you're so well in your jump seat like this. We're thrown up, thrown off like this. And we're like, 
And then we hear woo from passengers in the economy section. Mm. The the engineer, because it was a TriStar L ten eleven, they don't even they're not even around anymore. Three engine plane. The engineer comes out of the flight deck, goes down, you know, and we're still strapped in with the seatbelts mm. on, and we're like, Ugh. so he comes out and he's looking out my side, runs along, goes into the economy cabin, and we can see because the curtains are open on takeoff, mm. looks out the window, promptly goes from public school pink to a whiter shade of pale <laughs> and he comes up towards it goes into the flight deck and he's literally gray oh my God. so we're like oh you're in, in the air now we're in the air oh we're in the air fuck. we're flying we're so, in the so air you, so you got to a cruise altitude and then tried to bring up the, the landing they gear. tried to bring up wow. the landing and, and what had happened what had happened is the pin of the land the wheel had sheared away and Gone through the wing <gasps> and taken a section of the wing out. Now, Jesus on the TriStar Christ. Return, there's only three engines, so we're one engine down. That right? is 33% of energy. Oh my so, god. Like, so I don't want to lose either we didn't my legs or this. my arms. At yeah. the time, we didn't know this. We just knew from the it's engineer's space. Gone, gone over the Indian Ocean. <laughs> well, well, we know. We'd only just taken off from, oh, Mo- from Mumbai. Mumbai. So. What told us what we needed to know, the bang and the face of the engineer. So we get, I said, we're going to get all stations. So ding dong, ding dong. If you ever hear that, that's the captain to the crew. You pick it up and everybody picks it up. And he said, crew, we've got minimum time preparation. We have to prepare for a right-hand side crash landing. I am sitting by the door they call the R1. It's just the front that's, that's the one, front of the that's aircraft. The, that's the one, isn't it? That's the on one. the right. <laughs> right at the front. And I'm like... Everyone's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa. Min, so minimum time preparation, we, and you learn your drills over and over again. Sure. And in the Middle East, they train you really well because mm. you also train for hostage situations and mm. all of them. So we did. You have to tell everyone, and you're going through your head. Take glasses off, stow thing, you know. And you have to throw all the luggage down into the. They had an underfloor galley. Now there was this girl I used to fly with, and she also shared a flat with me, and she was. Let's not beat about the bush. She was an alcoholic. Mm. And she's in the underfloor galley. I will never understand how, but we had 15 minutes minimum time preparation with 200 passengers. We're throwing bags down the hatch to her and she's stowing them ready for a crash landing. Somehow... She managed to open four padlocked bars because they're padlocked until the seatbelt sign goes off because of customs. She managed to get into four bars and drink all the miniatures of scotch in 15 minutes. Wow, she was taking this. She thought you weren't going to survive. Yeah, she was like, I'm going to burn up quick. I'm trying to burn up quick. I mean, that in itself was... And we only, well, found, that, we only found out afterwards as well. We were like, <laughs> When the captain took us to a, for a drink in the hotel afterwards, some of us are already wow. heard. But anyway, so we do this minimum time preparation and you're sitting in the jump seat and you're going through your drill almost out loud. And then we had a Filipino crew member and I could hear, hear her... Right down there. Hail Mary, Mother of God. We had um, a Bahraini guy down there. <laughs> going, the Allah Akbar. And I was like, there was a minute where I thought I was going to go crazy. I wanted to undo my seatbelt, run up and down the cabin and scream, It's not fair, I'm only bloody 23, you know. And then I thought, I'll never forget this. And this has been my lesson in life. I, I said to myself, OK, if you undo your seatbelt and you run screaming, the plane is going to crash. Mm. Whatever you do, the plane is going to crash. Yeah. So you better get your shit together. You better make sure you do everything while you're here to survive this because it doesn't matter. You run up and down, we'll do whatever yeah. you like. It's going, going down, way, so yeah. you better get ready. Yeah. So I went through my drill, went through my drill, went through my drill, and then the captain on his thing, brace, 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 and you're just... It's adrenaline scream, brace, brace, brace. So we land, and for a second I thought, oh, that's all right. And then, of course, there's no right-hand side so undercarriage. Like, so you land, so you just go bang oh, on my side. Yeah. And then the uh, the um, wing catches fire. Now, here's the good point. Mumbai, 
dusty, very, very dusty. We had a senior captain. He took us off the runway through all the red dust, and that's what Suffocated put out the, the majority oh, cool. of the flames. So that's a clapper that one. Normally, yeah. when people land, I'm like, they clap. I'm just oh, like, oh no! But this one, I'd have been like, no. Nah. The, 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 the trolley <laughs> jumped out, slammed into my knee. I we evacuated the plane through the slides. Not my door. You couldn't get out our side yeah. because there was still fire. But got all the passengers down off, mm. and it was only and we had, were doing first aid when they sent. It was that's the other thing. I remember saying to Stella, and she's now passed away, she was my dear friend, she was on the other door, I said, Stella, for fuck's sake, when you see this, in the, it's in America, and they've got foam, we're in Mumbai, and we don't even stay above the third floor in the hotel because the water pressure won't go above that. I said, we are fucked. <laughs> 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 but we were fine, and we got everybody on the buses, and uh, wow. I actually had a, I had a cracked patella, and I wow. did the flight back. All on a drug. They, they make you, they give you minimum time, right. then put you on a plane with the same passengers. All right. And we Fucking were, hell. yeah, and we're going around and we said, can you do up your seatbelt, please? And they'd say, just a minute, do your bloody seatbelt. Because oh, yeah. so we were have you, is that so wild. You're like, have you learned nothing? <laughs> have you learned nothing? Have you learned nothing? <laughs> it was like, that. oh, I will in a minute, not in a minute. You know, and we were like, tea, coffee. We were, but they wow. make you fly. Immediately afterwards, just to get back on the horse. And you know, I've got to say, for a guy who's got a fear of flying, that has not helped me in any. Ah, way. <laughs> but let story. me tell you, I was later on a in flight to Australia, and I was we're at takeoff from Singapore. I was a passenger mm. on um, Qantas, I think, and we take off from from Singapore to go to uh, Sydney. And uh, I heard ding dong. I heard the, and I was obsessed about listening. I still always mm. listen for the undercarriage. So I heard the undercarriage go, rrr, rrr, and I thought, you are kidding me. And then it went ding dong, ding dong. And where I was sitting, it was in economy. It was opposite a junior crew member. And she, her face went like this. And I leaned forward to her and I said, you've got a problem with your right-hand side undercarriage. That's the captain. Calm down. Start reviewing your drill. So she looks at me like I'm an idiot. She goes, how did you know? I said, I'll explain later. Let's just go through the drill. <laughs> 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 I want to know how I got these scars. <laughs> oh, what a story. And, and, and no, we were fine. We were fine. What a story. We I mean, do, do you end. fly a lot for comedy? I do. And I, I, you I, were right up there. I'm, um, I'm it's struggling. It's to me that, like, even though it's the safest way to fly, I guess statistically you are increasing your chance about how often you fly. But with me, I have a weird kind of fatalist thing where I'm like, if a plane's going down, mm-hmm. it's going down. It's going down. Exactly. So there's no point in panicking and yeah, shit because it's, the, like, it's one thing you can't necessarily control. So you might as well. Have just... you been in a scenario where it feels that way? Because I've never been. Oh in that yeah, with, I've been, with a plane with, where yeah, it feels like yeah. it's going down. Oh, I flew to um, uh, Lausanne in Switzerland. Turbulence. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it was deep. To, I'd never seen that one. I guess because it's near mountains. I mean, the turbulence stuff, for me dropped is... out the air. And the first was a, and I was with a comedian called Finn Taylor. Yeah, yeah. First time we'd met. And so we a bit small talk, <laughs> keeping, keeping, ourselves to, keeping ourselves to ourselves, and the plane just pretty much falls Fair, yeah. out wow. the air. And then we looked at each other like, fuck. And then off the plane, it was like, well, that was a lesson in toxic masculinity, because we were like, Jesus Christ, we could have both died here. Yeah. I'm so, uh, so happy we were here. For I, can tell you, I can tell you very, I mean, this is a long time ago, and I don't recommend it to any young people listening, but we'd been in, we used to get based in Thailand, so everybody used to get into the wacky-backy, except the Thai wacky-backy was a whole different thing. And right. we were not operating the plane, that's the important thing to say. We were passengering back from Thailand. And our senior crew said, here, look, I made some cookies. So we're all eating the cookies, and we're like, what the, whoa! And I don't know what this stuff was laced with. Mm. Then we hit turbulence. Now, I'm in the loo. <laughs> oh, my I'm God. in the Trisha, loo. Please I'm in the loo, and the seatbelt sign comes on, <laughs> and I think... Right, I've got to go back to my seat. I basically inched my way back on my stomach because, (laughs) and the flight, and I was off my face. (laughs) And I grabbed onto my seat like this to pull myself up, and my fellow crew member was also (laughs) off her face, screaming, 
<laughs> and that was the worst turbulence in my life oh, because yeah. we couldn't tell what was the turbulence and what was what this guy Paul mm-hmm. had fed us. Well, I, I mean, learned a lesson. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. In some ways, I feel this that you faced all these things. It kind of helps me. I, mean, I was watching the Hunger Games on the plane last night, <laughs> and, the, and the plane's going up and down. And I'm like, I think I'd rather be in this be in it, this game. To be honest with you, tribute in yeah. Hunger Games because it is it is unnerving, and and I'm aware that. The only thing that kind of helps me, and I think I'd share this with anyone who's scared of flying, listeners, are you scared of flying? Why not tell us? Um, Is my brother told me that there is a stat that there is any one time in the day, one million people in the air. Listen, you're more like, you are more likely to come Am I going to be the one pussy? Nah. Am I going to be the one who's shitting himself? But but that's, you're more likely to come to grief in a car. Yeah. Yeah. Way more exactly. likely. Yeah, yeah. Way, also, way more. Like, I'm, I'm on the ground, though. I'm used to being on the ground. Well with turbulence. If Cameron Crew still walking during turbulence... Yeah, it, it ain't that bad. But, I mean, the thing is, no, I'm used to being on the ground, though. So. Yeah, but also, we have to say as well, but to be fair, like, I think a friend of mine who studied like aviation was like, trust me, wherever you think you're feeling or seeing from the pa- where the passengers sit, being in the cockpit and seeing what turbulence oh, looks yeah, like. Oh, yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've sat in... It looks very used different. When you see, yeah. like, storm clouds and actual yeah, storm yeah. clouds and stuff and navigating through that... But it's, it's fun. A, I mean, yeah. these days, it's... I, I, date, I like flying. It's my, I really yeah, like flying. Yeah, I do. Oh, I, I dated well, I a pilot so, for a while yeah. and, uh, you know... Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of pleased that I got that out. I mean, I knew you'd have something to say about your <laughs> oh, career. I knew you'd have something. I'm glad I asked that. I'm, I'm just sure, a kid. I'm sure Dane's question, which we're going to move over to now, will probably talk about something different in your it's, career. It's, career, it's a lot more calming. But no, um, <laughs> it, I guess my question is basically, obviously, uh, we have uh, discussed your plaudits uh, at the introduction. Um, but I'm sure, as you've noticed, with the uh, explosion or in the advent of social media and digital media in general, um, the, I guess the art of conversation has evolved significantly and it seems to be a big part of, uh, of the, I guess, of, of, of online content in general. Right. Because, like, when we, you have the podcast, for example, mm-hmm. you know, you have uh, Jada Pinkett doing the uh, Red Table Talk and then you have... And then you see, like, you know, evolutions of other uh, uh, formats like The View mm-hmm. or, like, Loose Women. Yeah. Uh, so... I was part of the team that was... a. Uh, yeah. Created loose women as it was, back which in the makes day. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, with that in mind, my question is: uh, Where do you see the, so far as media, the art of conversation going? Mm. In terms of, like, mm. you know, obviously yourself still working and Oprah and the like, um, but you know, in terms of people like David Letterman now being on Netflix and stuff as well. Yeah, uh, I think it's. I, th- I I think it's great. I think. Um, the big network's a bit like a dinosaur mm-hmm. in a lift, you know, trying to turn 360 degrees and mm-hmm. not push the wrong button on the floor. They take too long to put things together. Mm-hmm. They're unwieldy and there's a particular... We're talking about class and demographics. There's a particular class and demographic that is tied to the mainstream television stations in this yeah. country. Mm-hmm. Um, so the... Different voices and the different approaches that are coming through social media. It's, it's making it uh, accessible to all the people that the class barriers, if you like, kept out. Mm. Yes. Or, you know, if you didn't, if you, you don't have to get the other side of the velvet rope. And it's, I think we started seeing it first in music. Mm. When you think back, the Justin Biebers and people like that, yeah. they, they were that first lot of kids who came up who didn't have to, you know, sign up with a record company first they they started doing their own songs their own way and that that's really thrown a a bomb into the music world i think there's so many young really long while for them to recover but i I guess they've done that with streaming but even then it's like it's still as far as record labels and deals but it's, it's, it doesn't work, it doesn't work like yeah, that, no. and I think that's what's happening with with television mm. as well. Because the immediacy that you get on a on a social media post, mm-hmm. I mean, anything in TV that's mm. comparable is the kind of show that you 
did yeah. so well. I mean, you guys, I used to work on uh, Paul O'Grady's show oh, yeah, on yeah, Channel yeah. 4 yeah, daytime. I, I and occasionally we'd be quite up to date on what was going yeah, on. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, always yeah. need to be because Paul wasn't doing the same thing as you. Yeah. But, but you could obviously be incredibly responsive to whatever was going on uh, around well, you. It's so, like news in a way. Really. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where I started off in news. I mean, it's it's like um, Jeremy Vine now, all mm. of those shows now, the immediacy. And even like Jeremy Vine, when we started that show, it's the Matthew Wright show, that was still our team in Norfolk. We were the first to have somebody there who was taking, it was a live show, taking questions from emails, texts, yeah, yeah. tweets, and tweets stuff. Yeah, yeah. everything like that. Yeah. And now that's commonplace. It yeah. has to be. You, you, if you don't even include that, then you can even call it a conversation. Too, yeah, yeah that's a really sluggish. good point. But yeah. that, that, that was a kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of niche of telly that in some ways won't date in in, in in the sense that if you want a live conversation right do you see what I mean that, you, but it doesn't need to be television anymore because you've got absolutely. YouTube channels but it's something that isn't out of date you, on television yeah, in like yeah, yeah. the conversation you could do that online and it would still work just oh, as well yeah, yeah, but on yeah. you know you've got well, Jamelia, people, that's what Jamelia did so we were mm, speaking to Jamelia yeah. on the podcast and you know where she felt frustrated that it's that yeah a very rigid uh, demographic that's very limited by inertia couldn't understand when she talk about stuff, which which are intersectional feminist yeah, issues yeah, or women's yeah, issues yeah, yeah. Or that affect maybe black and brown women, but it couldn't. couldn't but so she, had, so she just did it. Now she has her own show, and it's huge. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing that I I I do and I don't get. Here's the thing I do and I don't get. Talking about Jamila, I can think of so many other people. Their movement and their real figures, not yeah. They put they've got 1.5 million followers and they get like 50 likes a post. I mean. Real, yeah, you can see real, real engagement. engagement. Yeah. I'm thinking, where the hell? Where are? Let's let's do it from a compu- completely commercial because everything's commercial, yeah. Darren. Where where are the TV executives? Where are the people who don't say bloody hell? Look at this. We've got to be able to. I mean, just from let's talk pure exploitation. I don't get this intersectional feminism, but, but hey, it work, it's but doing it hell works, numbers. numbers yeah. Let's do it. They're so they're so they're slow on the uptake. I mean, even, and then when by the time they're slow, and then they still keep it quite limited in terms of like so with comedy, for example. Yeah, the black comedy, like that guy who's the yeah. real comedy jam, which yeah, yeah. is how I saw you. Well, exactly. Yeah. There's so many half an hour. 200,000, where is that? Somebody says, oh, I don't get it, but black comedy clearly has a really fast, loyal engagement. You could look at the top 10 earners in the world and they will not represent the people that are the decide the gatekeepers or decision makers at the BBC. No. Most of the top ten earning comedians in the world. Let's, let's say the I'll ITV. say that now. Let's no, say- yeah, even ITV. No, there is no white Anglo-Saxon Protestant that's probably in the top ten of earners. According to Forbes, mm. not saying there's no white people. Yeah, you got yeah, like yeah. Kevin Hart's and your Chris Rock's and Dave Chappelle's, yeah, and then you'd have like Amy Schumer and the John Stewart, or Jerry Seinfeld. Mm. So none of these people come from groups which, like you know, the ITV two and stuff is trying to cater to. No. But very clearly. I spoke to a BBC3 executive, like the, the controller for BBC3 at the time, told my manager he don't want to use Mickey Flanagan because he don't get his stuff. <laughs> he's doing arenas. He, he doesn't even have to do television. He's do, like Mickey Flanagan is doing the O2. People are going mental. But some like, people, some people, uh, although say, why would I want to come to you? Because I'm making more money and I've got more reach yeah. without you. But mm. the reason that's happening is because, and I, I, I'm looking more at the commercial networks yeah. because. They are driven by what who advertisers can sell to. Mm. I mean, one of the frustrations I've got, like one of the biggest demographics in untapped demographics, they're just coming, waking up to it, are women 50 plus because our kids have gone, we've made some money and we're sitting around basically waiting to spend something on it. They're the highest spending Where are they represented? Some idiot thinks bunging on a repeat of Poirot will keep the old. That's it. Women over fifty. <laughs> Means some murders. Yeah, but women over fifty are not like women over fifty in the nineteen fifties. Yeah, exactly. That, that they're, was, they're active. I mean, I'm what December twenty third. I'm sixty two, and. Jesus Christ. That's ridiculous, madam. That's insane. <laughs> We're going to stop this podcast right now and just let you know. So just come back. The, 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 uh, Trisha Goddard. 62. This is, uh, I'm no, genuinely yeah. stunned really? by Here's that. Here's what happened, Howard. You saw what happened. 
Mitch Goddard here was like, I'll provide my own tea bag. What's in the tea bag? That's what I want to know. What is in the tea? Chamomile. We need to start feeling right, that well, moment. See, there you go. I could sell chamomile tea. There you go. There, there's a missed yeah. out market there. Youth. There's a mi- But uh. that's what I'm saying. Women are aged now. And I, I engage online with a lot of other women. There's um, Funking After 50. There's all these different mm. websites. And they've got a massive following. Yeah. Now I'm thinking in television. And, and they're not like... If you ask any of the people, they'd say, oh, what do we do? Do we do knitting, crochet? And there, there's one woman called Train With Joe on, on Instagram. If you ever get a chance to look at her, hmm. she's 70-something years old. She was massively overweight and diabetic. She is ripped. She's yeah, yeah. pushing weight and she's completely yeah. trapped. But she's funny. She goes to this place called a jungle gym in Mexico and works out with rocks and things like that. She, there's so much great talent. There is. And, mm-hmm. um, and people are like cutting out the middleman and pointing it out there. But that's what I mean. Really, if you were still working in mainstream media, you could very easily just, all you'd have to do is just curate and see what you're seeing. Oh, that's Because by the well, same token, you're saying how underserved like over 50 women are, which I totally agree with. I always say it's like, how is no executive anyone is helping me find a way to target what should be upwardly mobile, like older men who are like mid to late 30s, who are like maybe paying mortgages or rent, have children. Mm. And And it's an important demographic. But it's like, if you're a young black man, once you turn like 30 plus, it's like your football, you age out and it's like nothing. Nothing there. And it's like, yeah. Other, other, there are other leanings and other preoccupations that a black Briton will have other than church. But, it's yes. like, but if you've got nobody there yeah. who can have mm. that conversation, I think there's lots of pockets. There's, there's, I say, young, upwardly mobile. There's all the, I mean, most of the money, if you look at the uh, entrepreneurs, they tend to be a lot of black and uh, black men and women, 35 mm. plus. Yeah. Nothing there for them. But, not, not, and it's, but for me, and it's like, you know, you argue somewhere like Nigeria. Nigerians now form the largest uh, amount of the African yeah. diaspora in the UK. Nothing. That's an upper, that's an upper coming economy that you can be nothing bridging that gap between. There. And, you know, there's a BBC mm. Africa. But how so there's a BBC Africa? No, but you but don't yeah, I know, but, it, it off. But, but at the same time, there's nothing they're making. But, and then it's like you're watching musical eyes from the continent. Who are now very successful and they're selling out yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's like the BBC, something like the BBC, like other companies. I mean, we can all like lament them, but they are the British company, the British company yeah. that are incentivized financially yeah. by our tax money. Yeah, and they're still not providing a way of serving like, because they because it's it's such a narrow number of people running mm. it. One of the things I <laughs> this will make you laugh. One of the ideas I did a very successful series in the states about race. I DNA tested a white supremacist and of course I it came, Chester Koppel, right? Yeah. Um, or uh, Chester something. No, um, hang on. Craig. <sighs> Craig something. Craig, yeah. And yeah, he, he was it came out, well. came out that he was black. Now he was, on a serious note, he'd taken over a town and he was trying to run out the one black person because he wanted to turn it into a white supremacist an, an place. Eth- an ethno state of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And he came on our show and I said to him, why are you talking to me then? He said, oh, because, and a lot of these people shows their education he said because i was had an english accent i wasn't really black because they associate brilliant statement they associate a british accent with white yeah um gina share tells a fantastic joke about that and um so anyway we dna tested him of course it came out that he had black um, like 40 percent of most uh, working class white americans yeah and he we dismantled right the armed forces the, the 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 police Everyone had been there trying to dismantle this this right-wing cell. I did it with humour and science. And facts. And I went, yeah, bro, come on, put it I there. Remember. And he wouldn't touch I me. Remember. And him recoiling from I my remember. hat. We dismantled that. I remember. And it's it, uh, uh, that whole movement. And it's in a, um, an award-winning documentary called I Am Not Your Negro. I remember it. And Discovery did a by whole series James, on it. By James Bald- James, based on the James Baldwin book. James no, I remember Because I remember the guy. Because you've got to understand how like, this guy Craig was so... Cobb. Craig, Craig Cobb. Cobb was so hardcore with the racism, wow. right? That if he saw other white people that were he considered moderate yeah. he was like get the fuck out of here Christian wow. because the, he was yeah. so rooted in and like, he had guns he had and everything stuff, but he was so rooted arm. in it is that like he doesn't even consider himself to be like 
a Christian, because as far as he's concerned, the indigenous religion of the white man is like Norse mythology, like Celtic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wow. when you see people be like, you're a monster, you'd be like, fuck out of here, you Christian. Wow, he's, yeah. gone, he's gone all, all the way. All but the way. He's, he's, but then now he's, he's been in jail for a long time. He right. completely fell apart. But I did a whole series of people with white people whose uh, daughters or sons had married someone black, black people who sort of married someone white, interracial, and the amount of racism. And I did a whole series called Race Around America within the talk show thing. I said, I've brought it here, and I said, I think this would be a really good idea to do here. We assume we know what racism looks like, but you can mix human interest with Mm. really looking at racism, and you can do race around the world. Each country, I've lived in dual nationality, Australia, you want to talk of racism there? Wow! I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. told you, yeah, yeah, yeah. told you. <laughs> Very. It's, racist. Na- it's still it's still 1982 in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was the first person ever on a straight black person on Australian television in 1988, the year of the indigenous person. And somebody said to me in an interview, "Well, it's the year of indigenous people. It's it's the year of, uh, of indigenous people. Shouldn't the first black person on Australian television be black?" I said. Will you tell me? Exactly. You're Australian. You've been working here all this time. Where are your indigenous people who work yeah, here's, experience? Here's a better question. Do you remember 10 years ago when they couldn't even vote? So mm. maybe you should worry about it. I would have thought the indigenous people should have been able to vote oh, if you had a nation. don't even get so let's, uh, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You could do a series on hmm. race around the world. It would sell around the world. And they're like... Is that really an issue anymore, though? Yeah, that's the, and that, and that yeah. is the level of detachment yeah, you're dealing yeah. with in this country, which is why I say in terms of com- because they won't allow for the conversation. This is what this is. So well, the they don't. Of- they don't see racism. You don't see racism. Oh, they if see you it. Li- no, if you live it, you you see it on paper. But if you live in, the, there's a joke that the people who make the biggest decisions about television live in a square mile around Kensington. Yeah. So if you live and you only associate with your own, your clique, you can choose what you do and don't see. Yeah. It's a privilege of obliviousness. Yeah. So this is, and this is, and it's a good point because I think that's a big part of what we refer to as white privilege. And a lot of time people get very uptight about it and people are like, well, uh, my dad left me at 11. I don't know what. It's not really about that. It's more the fact that like, it's, part of that privilege is the privilege of obliviousness. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we could very happily, given a lot of education, you could very happily in your profile be like, I don't have to even feed into any black issues oh, at this day and age. I've come but across there's always going to be something that will remind you yeah. whereas like mm. I said if you live from this this square mile of society most even the people that you interact with that are going to be black or brown or, no. or of colour are going to be themselves very similar to you in sensibility yeah so mm. They'll yeah. bring up that they sat next to a black person on a bus. <laughs> yeah, but, but most, but, but a lot of people like I, I and I, I, I can understand if someone's like I'm, a, I don't have the experience of being around black or brown people. That yeah, I yeah, yeah, you know. But when but they, for me, so when they say it's not an down. issue, yeah, who, who are you to say this? Yeah. Well, it, how do you know? How do you? How would you know? You know, one of the and, and that is such a good point. The, with BBC, they asked me. The BBC asked me to do um, a look at magazines when there were no black people in magazines and I went to one magazine headquarter of a very big woman's magazine I walked on the floor and it's what I call which maybe I'm feeling driven snow it was they were all blonde all women Hmm. and when we dug they were all private school women this is a massive all private school white women and when I went to interview the editor she said well, you know, we can't just cater to... I said, listen, here's something. You Here, I went through the magazine. I said, look, you're doing at allergies, food allergies. She said, yes, yes, you know, gluten. I said, so you could do lactose intolerance and the model in the picture could have been an Asian person or a person of colour. Yeah. When you do hair and you do curly hair, why could you not have a black person? You don't have to say, here is a black person with curly hair. Exactly. You just... Mm-hmm. I said, you all the subjects you're doing. Yeah, and she said, oh, we never thought of that. And I thought, well, everybody here has been to a private school. You all knew each other. So their world, they thought mm. they were righteous and right, and they couldn't understand why their it's sales social media bubble. The floor. It's the social media bubble story just played out in the real world, right? Well, I mean, you see just the, keep talking to you, the same well, people. If you think about the other. kind of acts musically that would have been promoted by mainstream media and record labels and who they suggested yeah. that people liked, mm. compared to the aesthetic of, like, your rap, like, I mean, your pop stars now, mm. like, had it been left up to these guys, there'd be no Stormzy. But now, because... Yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can yeah. circumvent that. You can't argue with the metrics. 
So, so I, I think, yeah, I guess, so I guess it's going the same way as everything else. It's, I mean, I wish we had longer, but we don't. We're running out of time. Yeah. But that convers- that that question could go. We could go on forever and looking yeah. into oh, the, yeah. where is conversation going. God, it's been a good one, Dane. Can we just say 62? I mean, 62, <laughs> Well, I'm not, I'm not 62. That's outrageous. December I mean, 23rd. Give me, I've got, what, two, yeah. three weeks. Jesus. You can have I've been 61. Rights. You have them, but apparently weeks where you're from take years. That is, that is <laughs> I'll just insane. be a puddle of dust when I'm 62. Now, how old are you? Um, mid-30s. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I feel like I'm all, yeah, I feel older Halfway than you. You'll be all right. Um, uh, oh God! Yeah, thank you so much for coming on our <laughs> thank show. Thank you. It's been an absolute thank pleasure. You. And uh, could you please let our listeners know where they can find out more and um, uh, what you're working on at the moment? And yeah, where do they find how we can maintain on contacts. Instagram? Instagram, as you know, that's how know, yeah, we, we so, could. So yeah. at the real Trisha Goddard, because apparently there are fakes. Right. So at the real Trisha Goddard, T R I S H A. If you DM me and spell it T R I C I A, I will not <laughs> reply. That's yeah. rule. That's rude. Um, and I'm doing Dancing on Ice. I'm a competitor doing Dancing on Ice oh, on a whim. God. On a whim. Because oh, I love physical challenges. And team I'm, Trisha, team Trisha. Oh, yeah, vote for me, vote for me. See, before I'd be like, are you sure that's okay? And then we heard about a plane crash. So that's going to be light, light work for you. That's going to be nothing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That'll be nothing. Strolling the park. Yeah, I'm just worried about, you On know, blades. As long as your back's okay from carrying Channel 5 over those years. Ooh. No! That's, that's it. Meow, meow. Uh, what episode, eh? What episode? Great episode. Thank you so Thank much for coming. You. Trisha Thank Goddard, you so it's much. been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at DaneBaptweets. Our guest was Trisha Goddard. You can follow Trisha on Twitter at Trisha Goddard. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Hey, if you like what you've been listening to, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.